Welcome to our new podcast, The Anku. I'm Yanling. And I'm Sean. And usually on our usual freelance creative exchange podcast, we talk to professionals about how to supercharge their freelance careers. But after speaking to so many people, we were thinking, how did they get so cool? I mean, in order to achieve their successes and fame, they must have been pretty uncool at a certain point. No matter what kind of successes they have, we get our guests to dish out all the awkward moments that led them to where they are now. Some are even putting the cool in uncool jobs. So let's go talk to the uncools. Hey Sean. Yes. Do you know what one of my favourite podcast genres is? Of course. Anything hosted by Lo Yan Ling. Of course. But besides the fact, <laughs> actually one of my favourite genres is mm-hmm. Horror podcast. Mm, okay. And I know this guy, Carl Ong, who does it really, really well. But mm-hmm. since it's almost midnight here, and I'm a bit scared. So you're going to talk to him yourself, okay? <laughs> you sure your favorite one? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I listen a day only. <laughs> Carl, the horror podcaster, I'm sure you are very, very natural at this. Tell us a horror podcast. Let's, let's turn Uncool into a horror podcast. Over to you now. Uh, okay, I, I won't do it like a narrative. I'll just tell, I'll just share a, a horror story that that relates to you. Uh, is that to me? It relates <laughs> to you in a certain way. Okay, so I, I I'm scared now uh, <laughs> because you are a TV director, yeah. right? So you've been on multiple sets. So um, there was one one uh set that I was on. Uh, and this was early days in my filmmaking career. That house was particularly uh, dim, um, and it was very, very uh, unkept. We used it for a short film, and throughout shooting, things just didn't go right. Like I, I, I was the DP for the shoot, and like uh, I had batteries that were fully charged drain. Like we're not talking about one or two or three, like we're talking about four to five. And I kept telling the director, and the director, he he's an atheist. I kept telling the director, I, I'm not religious myself, but I kept telling the directors, there's certain things in the industry that we follow. When you shoot horror film, of you course. should pray. I know right? that, yeah. Even though you don't want to do it, get the AD or the producer to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, no, I don't want any religious thing on my set. I'm like, okay, fine, up to you. Anything that happens is on you. And he said, it's, yeah, it's on me. So um, there weren't like any uh, ent- entity that appeared. I just felt that I just felt that very eerie presence when I'm in that house. And the house is very small. It's one of those two room houses. Because the film they were shooting is also horror. <laughs> so there were there were uh there were murder scenes, there were like uh horror scenes. Yes. So I just felt very off. Um and I when I when when I was shooting, uh I kept feeling that, you know, there were there were there were things around. But I didn't say anything lah. So I just kept and we shoot till like from the morning to like late night. Mm. Um and the the point where you know everything um like just just uh hell hell uh how, how how should i put it so when everything just fell apart was when um two of the crew walked off set they had like very heated arguments with the uh director over something that's very minute mm. i remember this this was um about eight years ago for me but i it's something that i keep practicing still because uh, and because the first time it ever happened, so we I was doing we were doing I was doing a a, a thriller uh I mean a crime thriller it's not horror it's different from yours 
we were at this location that, uh, as we all know, before locations, they all have their own, people yeah. have their own conceptions about whether it is clean yeah. or not, but that's beside the point. So anyway, uh, th- this building is still around. I won't say where it is, but it's, it's, it's now a hotel, so it's been refurbished and so on. Oh. But we were shooting there overnight. So it was like 7, it's, it's overnight would be like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. kind of thing. Oh, Basically, yeah. it's the most unhealthy hours to shoot. Uh, don't, don't do it. <laughs> I would, uh, but anyway, so I, I, we were shooting that. And then at 6, I remember when we finished everything and I got onto the bus because they always take you back to the, the when you finish a the shoot, they just bring you back to the office and so on. And the bus driver, for some, at that point in time, I did thought this was the strangest thing. Made two stops. And he insisted that we get out of the bus, go have a coffee, go in and buy a Coke, whatever. It was like a 7-Eleven and a coffee shop, I remember. So he said, go inside there, go buy something, come back, then go in coffee, go buy coffee, come back before he went to the office. He made like two unnecessary stops. To me, I thought it was unnecessary at the point in time. Because I thought like, damn, at 6 o'clock, I just, just want to go back and you know, pack up the office and go home and sleep. Yeah. So at the end, he said to me, he Tao Yan, well, he said it in Chinese, but I'm going to say it in English. We have to make the stop because there's something following you. You, yeah. you in particular. You. Yeah. And if, and you, we need to con- we need to shake that thing now. Yeah. So, firstly, I'm thinking. I'm saying now, my my, you, you know, your hair like stands on your back, like oh, sh- sh- what the hell? But of course, at that point in time, you're thinking like, oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, you is this some kind of a joke? That, that there's a part of your things of like that because how how is that possible, right? And then the other part, of course, it, but no, man, that, that sounds creepy, like following me. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, damn, that's so inconsiderate. Because that, whatever was following me, I just took it out and put it in a 7-Eleven right now. <laughs> and hopefully he's still not there. But yeah, but so well, your hair stands on the end. But the point is that, so since then, because he was following me, and I'm, if it's true, then that was, well, that, that I'm so thankful to him. But the point is that little things like that, I, I, little habits that I just kept. Yeah. I don't care whether the thing, but it doesn't matter whether, you know, something's holding me mm. or it just doesn't harm me anymore. So, I mean, it doesn't harm me to make the extra one or two stops. Yeah. I mean, what's 10 minutes more going to cost me when I've just been shooting for 10 hours? Yeah. So sometimes I think that's little, little things like that. Uh, whether it became, whether it's true, whether yeah. it's a, whether it's just a, a force of habit or whether it's superstition, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't harm you. Just, just follow it. Uh, mm. You know, especially when you're you know dealing with uh, such, such such a subject matter but I, damn i think it's a lot of a lot of times right is for the the mental welfare of your crew if your crew feels that oh the director is going to pray for the set or the director is going to do some you know uh, get them to burn some incense paper to make sure everybody's safe it, it puts your crew at ease right if the leader is you know you may not believe in it but if you respect it enough then you will make your crew's life a lot easier Speaking of which, right, um, not exactly a plug, but we had a two-parter of the series telling the exact same story, story that you told. Exactly same story. Following. It was another director who gave me the story, yeah. a local director. And let me guess, the location is somewhere in the far eastern part of Singapore where you take the boat to Pulau Bin. Correct? I shot there before, but no. So so that, that story, right, yeah. uh, I think, you know, the uncle yeah. uh, is very similar in, in fact, identical to the uncle that I wrote, we, we wrote in the story, the uncle could see. So they went to film in a very famous part of Singapore, yeah. which is, you know, near the Changi Hospital. It, it kind of makes you also sometimes think yeah. that sometimes horror is, is a formula. Yeah. 
you know, they, you know, no, as scary as it is, there's still a formula. Yes. It's just, it's almost like a zombie, like, uh, has certain rules, right? You kill it, you stab it in the head, it dies. If it animates, if you don't, and then you don't let it bite you. Same goes for, in a sense, it's, and, and that I think is what's so interesting about genre because people go in, um, about the genre of horror, because people go in, they know what to expect. Mm. In a sense, they expect to be scared because, and they know that certain things are going to happen because, you know, every, every horror movie, this happens. But yet, people, there's always ways to get it so refreshed. I mean, people feel so fresh watching it. There's always ways to refresh the whole treatment within the same boundaries. Mm. And I thought that that is the most, that's actually the most creative part about yeah. uh, it. Could be, it could be a pure coincidence, but I strongly believe that the uncle that you mentioned is the same uncle as my, uh, my, my, my friend's story. And, and it is a common practice for us, even for us at uh, Hantu where we do uh, filming, right? Because we go to actual haunted location to shoot visuals mm -hmm. to, for accompanying visuals for our YouTube and our thumbnails. I'm not following you. So, so we do that. But whenever we go, we will always go to um, uh, 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 7-Eleven or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Late Night <laughs> to to have some data rate yeah. to drop off that unwanted spirit yeah. that follow us, whether if there is one, um, and which, which makes me sidetrack that if that happens, right, and then we can write a story about how how mamas right are like gathering the most haunted places, haunted <laughs> night areas. Now, now you know, do not go to Seven Eleven at three a.m. You do not know how many deposited mama, mama um, yeah, friends, uh, yeah, friends, 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 friends that, 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 yeah, yeah. And if you work in a night shift Seven Eleven, I'm, I'm really sorry to you right now, but oh, you you might want to be careful. There was once I remember we, we were shooting this um this story about you know a, a ghost in it who. Who a deaf basically, the ghost is deaf. The entity is deaf, and so she was standing. So you know, when you shoot, you always have this. You always stand your your talent there. You put all the effects. You put your smoke and whatnot, and your lights. And and I actually remember we were shooting in this road, and for some ex and it, it was leading. To, it was it's this long road basically, and it leads to like some country club at the top. So basically, you can imagine this traffic is not going to be a lot because only members are going to go in and out. So typical thing happens when you see a car in, in production, you would just go, okay, uh, car coming, hold, let the car go through. Of course, you don't want to disrupt the public, right? But for some strange reason on this particular time, we saw the car coming through. Typical, everybody just said, okay, hold, car coming, let through. And uh, the talent decided to just wave. She just stuck her hand and just waved at the car that was going by. And oh the car just God. came and drove right down into off the road oh over God. the curb and then bang. And we were lying down like, and the first thing, of course, in production, because like, you know, that's not very nice. Now, how am I going to shoot? I got this, this ex car accident for real in the middle of my location. And then the other part of your thing's like, Okay, yeah, this is actually this works. She's she's scary enough. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so yeah, and so so I remember so you know shooting horror. I you I I guess in a way I I, I would lose you would lose that if you're only going to do podcasts. Right? But I think it's an extension to the world that we are building, mm. Like um like when you mentioned about funny stories, right? When we were doing the the short film that I mentioned later or earlier, um there was this funny incident. Uh, our talent is in full VFX makeup, uh, FX makeup, full. So we're talking about long fingernails, long hair, pale skin. And it's 3 a.m. in the morning. It's an overnight shoot, right? And she decides to have a smoke break. <laughs> so she went to the designated smoking area with a couple of the crew. So they were smoking and talking. Then at the very far end, we hear like one very loud scream. Ah! Then turns out it's this machi screaming at her because she's in full makeup and thinking, running away. Thinking that it's... Thinking that it's... Two thoughts came into my mind. First, the husband ran after and was laughing his ass off. 
uh, telling telling us sorry 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 for screaming because it's a set right uh, and the second was like wow the makeup is so good right that even her with a bunch of crew smoking together and smoking on, she could still think that she's an entity because for me I'll be like oh it's probably a shoot because come on let's be honest uh, entity smoking at a smoking corner come <laughs> wearing flip flops Kyle very yeah. popular podcast uh, Ghost Maps can you give us a little teaser on what to what we can expect to hear on an episode of Ghost Maps. Okay, so Ghost Maps is a very uh, narrative podcast in a sense whereby it follows the clear three-act structure of uh, what we apply in film as well. You have the intro, then the problem, which is, which is the story, and then the payoff, which is the ending. So um, we always start Ghost Maps with the narrator, this character uh, that we, we've we created uh, who collects ghost stories around Southeast Asia region, hence Ghost Maps, right? So he will always interview his um, his contributor to his story um, in a coffee shop. They will take their order and then he will analyze that, that person's, how his demeanor. That's how you bring the audience in, you know, how this audience, uh, how this de- this person's demeanor will affect the what the audience will feel because she's scared, he's not scared, uh, he, 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 he's, he's like paranoid, things like that. Then after that, we go into the story, which is the confession. But the unique thing is that we don't change voice. It's still the narrator who's actually narrating the story, but with emotions and fear and whatever the person's feeling. And then we ultimately we end it um, with either resolution or cliffhanger. Then um, the narrator usually by the third act will have something to say like, um, I guess I guess not all hope is lost since the brother has been found, but their relationship will never be the same. So it's kind of have, it kind of has a climatic cliffhanger at all times. Um, it, it gives us a leeway to revisit the character, which sometimes we do, or uh, gives the sense of, oh, so horror, just that, you know, horror always has this kind of cliffhanger. So that's, that's it's actually very similar to a film um, in a sense. How do you make it so cool until it became one of the top English horror podcasts uh, today? I think it, w- it is a genuine fascination be- uh, between me and my partner uh, on horror in Southeast Asia and the tradition of telling horror stories. Like that's the clear uh, distinction between the Western and Eastern horror in our view. Um, like we, even like when we were growing up, like uh, we are, we will huddle, like, you know, at, at night or at the camp by the campfire. And you know, I want to tell you ghost stories. Even the, the experience is shared. Uh, as we grow up, uh, when we when we were young, and even through NS for for the guys, and even like as as you grow up as an adult, you in the office you're like, hey, you know right? I feel that this office is a bit dirty. You you, you tend to share that stories. So Ghost Maps is all about uh, bringing back the tradition of uh, telling horror stories orally. Horror is not just about the scares; it's part of it. Uh, is is the is the is what under what is what keeps the horror genre horror, but. Amidst it all is actually an amalgamation of all the genres in film. Like there's drama, sometimes there's a little bit of comedy, um, there's a little bit of uh, mm, thriller, thrilling. It's a bit thrilling because sometimes you know there's there's chase scenes and stuff. Uh, and the most horrific part about the horror is not really about the the, the spirits, the supernatural elements. It's about what the people do. Um, especially in Southeast Asia, um, there's this whole idea of uh, karma. Especially you see it in Thai films, you know, the whole plot, spoiler alert, of Shutter is about revenge. The spirit is seeking revenge. 
uh, and if it was through the actions of one of the characters that you know resulted in the spirits so it is that 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 uh, for us that we identify as horror so, sometimes the best part about horror is really when you don't see it you literally don't see it i mean if you know if you notice a lot of the, of the horror horror john or horror uh you know, horror doesn't always have to be jump scares. You know, you yeah. see the thing like, oh, I'm, I, I look at the... Yeah. Because, uh, and again, that's also where the battle can be lost because it's subjective. Maybe the makeup isn't very good or the makeup makes you laugh. Yeah. And so suddenly the horror doesn't seem so horror anymore once you see it. But if you cannot see it, but you know that it's there, you can hear it, you don't know where it is, but you just know it's somewhere around you. Yeah, well, so it's like ASMR. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, strangely enough, uh, uh, a huge chunk of our listeners listen to our podcast to sleep. I don't know whether to be happy or to be sad about that. <laughs> is it is it boring so that you sleep, or is it really like um, our narrator's voice being so soothing to make you you know have this ASMR sensation to go to sleep? To, to me, I always thought that one of the key elements of horror as well is that it's the whole idea that it could happen to anyone, right? That the geography of where it happens, the idea that something could be lurking there, something lives there. I I think that's something that the East. Uh, the Asian horror does quite well as well and that's something that is a lot harder to set on a podcast because everything is just audio you don't get the luxury of of, you know visuals you don't get Mm. establishing shots and and sweeping camera movements to to set all this up Mm. so how then have you managed to transfer whatever you just felt and whatever you just said about horror into podcasts it's hard but at the same time it's easier because um for videos or films, right? Uh, you, there's visual and audio. There's two elements you can actually um, make the, you know, viewer um, go into the world. But when you s- switch off one uh, element, um, visuals, the the viewer has the listener has no choice but to um, imagine. And every single person's experience. That's that's the hard part. Every single experience is different. So what I'm saying may not uh, may not be the same as what you're thinking. Um, but basically, Ghost Maps brings back you know the whole um, Southeast Asia um, experience because everybody, everybody, I mean everybody, definitely has listened to uh, ghost stories at some point in their life in Southeast Asia, I believe, and it's very ingrained in our culture. Um, so that's that's where we managed to you know find the niche itself to actually find uh, to actually tell ghost stories uh, to this this uh, very diverse audience. So I guess it, it helps that we, we actually, the, the writing, the writing is written in a way whereby um, is this character uh, who collects ghost stories, hence ghost maps, traverse around Southeast Asia, uh, collects ghost stories and then distribute them. So like our, one of our listeners could be from Manila and say, oh my God, I stay in downtown Manila. Uh, and this story is actually an urban legend. So there is this connection. So we try to incorporate that in almost every single part of the story, and uh, have to shout out to my uh, my partner, uh, who is also the writer Wayne. Uh, he did an excellent job uh, in terms of researching and in terms of uh, you know uh, fact checking all the little things that actually enhances the realism of the story. Which Ghost Maps, they the stories are real, but we do um, you know mess with it and make it uh, flow better in terms of narrative sense, and and, and it falls into our arc. Yeah, our storytelling hour, basically. So the, it, it sounds like there's quite a lot of work to it. Yeah. And that's, I, and, and in a sense, also, I think that there lies the, the misconception when we hear about the, the whole idea of podcast. Mm-hmm. Because people say, hey, it's just audio. Mm-hmm. How, how hard can it be, right? Easy to create. Um, mm-hmm. 
clearly it's more than that. Okay, so as a podcaster who who you know who runs his own podcast as well as you know um, producing podcasts for clients, um, it is a misconception that podcasting is easy. It is easy to a certain extent um, because I'm a filmmaker uh, first, right? Then podcaster. So coming from video and audio to only audio only is slightly easier, but it also depends on your expectation. For us, because Ghost Maps is a narrative podcast, everything is written. Uh, it's not like right now, you know, like a talk show where you know we could we could talk for an hour and we get it transcribed. Uh, even for this talk show, there's a lot of planning involved. So there's planning, there's scripting, there's still editing. Uh, you're only taking out the visuals, but for this, there's also visuals. For Ghost Maps, we also have a video podcast. Um, it, it may not be like reenactment, it is it's creepy visuals, but uh, believe it or not, it takes a lot of effort to actually go to haunted locations to film. Yeah. It's, in fact, it, it sounds even more uh, challenging in a sense because you know, you, you're going to need to convey all that clarity yeah. uh, with just, just audio. I don't think it's really numbers that uh, uh, define you. Um, it, it's good to have the numbers, but I think the most important thing that uh, a podcaster should find is his or her community, her ni- the niche that I like to uh, you know like to share with people, is finding your niche within that podcast, because podcast is something that's super intimate. It's not like a film where you go to the cinema and you watch it, you know, like oh I love pop fiction, uh, oh me too, you know, then you watch it at, together as 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 a as friends. Um, it's something that you listen to when you commute, when you have nothing better to do or you're cooking or something because it allows you to do things, right? So it's so passive it, in a sense. Yeah, it's very, it's passive and um, it's passive and aggressive at the same time. Um, it's very, very personal. So um, to be able to speak to that uh, person in that intimate level, uh, it means a lot. So when you get listeners as podcasters, right? Uh, they, they you, normally, they stick to you all the way because they, they're like, oh, I really like this person. I really like what, what this podcaster is doing. So to find your niche is the most important thing as a podcaster, and it is a clear definition of you succeeding. Um, I know a lot of podcasters, they try to talk about um, things that are happening around the world. Nothing wrong with that, but um, you don't seem to find a niche because you're just following the trend like everyone else. Uh, for Ghost Maps, we are very, very clear of what we want to tell. Southeast Asian ghost stories, nothing, nothing else. That's what we want to do. Um, and we have already found a niche. So I think the advice is to actually find your niche, uh, your community, and then you will have a successful podcast. So what was the one moment you had in your entire time as a podcaster where you thought, okay, I'm, this is, I, I'm going to be so good at this right now. I, I, can, I, I can actually be a successful podcaster. Was there that moment where it dawned on you that, yes, I can, I, I made it. Um, cool. Okay. There's this misconception, right, that um, podcasting is cool right now because there's this whole trend, clubhouse podcasting, you know. Uh, it's cool to be a uh, podcaster right now. I think it was uncool to be a podcaster back in maybe 10 years ago. Um, I feel like- Was it even a thing 10 years ago? <laughs> it was, uh, ask, the, ask the pioneers. But I, I, I think that you should start a podcast not because you want to be cool. You should start a podcast because you think that you have something cool to say. Uh, you should align. You should always align your storytelling to people that you want to reach out to. So for us, is we want to tell Southeast Asian ghost stories, and I'm sure there are people out there, and we found out people. So for example, you want to tell something. You want to tell a story. I don't know about like fruits, uh, and there are people who like fruits, and <laughs> and then you can find the cool people. So that's you. Then you have a cool podcast. There's only two reasons why we started Ghost Maps. Uh, one, 
out of the simple necessity of getting stories, uh, ghost stories uh, from Southeast Asia, we can't find it anywhere. Back in 2019, we can't find it. We were like, oh, I was quite frustrated. I was like, I want to listen to stories that I rep- that represents me, my culture, but no, none. So, and second, um, I'm a, as mentioned, I'm a filmmaker myself. Uh, I've been trying to make uh, films for the longest times, uh, feature films, and you know, getting funding, uh, even for horror films, is actually very hard um, to get investors to convince them. Hey, look. So, uh, me and my partner Wayne, we actually sat together and like, look, let let's let's shorten down the scripts. Let's get real ghost stories. We start a podcast. Use it as an MVP, minimum viable product, to show investors that hey, this actually works. We have. Uh, X amount of listeners that actually like the content. Imagine that, but in film. So we have kind of achieved that. Uh, people are talking to us uh, or adapting some of the stories or actually writing new stories to make into a feature film. So I think that is a, that's not success. That's a clear indication of uh, what we are doing right. And is the whole idea then that the podcast is just a means uh, of distribution for you. It's not Mm. In, in a sense it's, a, it's, a, it's just to get yourself out there it's not really your main uh, is an excellent that's an excellent uh, question slash statement because we, we initially we thought that too like oh this is just gonna be like a, you know a side thing but more and more I find myself really really working on okay so what's gonna be the next arc you know because that isn't that even though there are different stories is anthology right but that if there's an overarching story there's a universe that we're actually building uh i find more more me spending more time planning and working on ghost maps than i want to um right now to us ghost maps is a thing like it's our in fact it is our baby uh, we baby ghost maps more than our feature films our tv shows uh, that we're developing mm. so um don't worry ghost maps fans we will keep continuing ghost maps until the end of time so uh, ha- having said that mm. um how has uh 2020 changed changed podcasting because i think we can all we've all noticed that mm. especially in the last uh 18 months or so uh the this become more popular there's a lot more podcasts coming out than there was maybe before uh, so how how has the whole landscape changed then? I I think um, it has gone both ways, right? Um, back in twenty twenty, we 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 just we just we started in twenty nineteen September, so we were quite new, but we were gaining numbers rapidly, um, because it's something new. People liked it, um, and also we were based in on the trends of people commuting, commuting in Singapore. The commute time is what, 10 to 15 minutes yes. for the lucky ones, uh, 20, 20, 20, 25 minutes. So there's something for them to look forward to when they commute, right? Therefore, our numbers grew uh, exponentially, but at the same time, our numbers were going down in some sense. Because no one is on commuting on MRT. Exactly. Buses. People are depressed enough. Um, we saw signs of people dropping out because horror is <laughs> tragic, but our numbers still grew, uh, still grew uh, upwards instead of downwards. Um, because people are staying at home and there are people who were bored. So um, we had re- we had troubles because we were pumping uh, episodes uh, left, right, center, but uh, we didn't have enough stories and we didn't have access to uh, to the studio that we recorded in. So, um, and shout out to Audio Technica for helping us. Uh, we used their mics. Uh, I, I sent the mics to my um, voiceover artist and we managed to actually record uh, episodes 
with audio quality that is close to 90% close to the studio audio quality um, that we were able to actually, you know, uh, curb the hunger for horror stories during that period of time. We were so lucky and our numbers just grew from there. But the the fact is that people, people, people are slowly, you know, getting back to the groove, you know, it's 2021 right now. We, we see a slight change in terms of the statistic, how people are consuming stuff. Right. Well, in your case also, because you've, t- you've taken on a, a niche genre. Yes. That's horror. Yeah. Horror in itself is subjective. Uh, of course, it, horror being subjective, you know, to, to, to you, it's scary to me. I think it's funny and I just will start laughing, <laughs> especially when you watch films. Yep. Uh, so in, on platform, I mean, on a platform like podcasting, uh, where it's just audio and through your experience, having done so many stories, what do you think, what do you notice is works the best for this horror genre? I think I think for Southeast Asia we get uh quite an amount of hits, you know, through the 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 usuals, uh the usual uh creatures. Because initially when we started we focused on creatures, stories that were, you know, based on creatures. We one of our best performing episodes is actually of the legendary Pontiana. Uh she's basically the Dracula the of the Southeast yeah. Asian world. Yeah, exactly. The, um, uh, yeah. There's also yeah, the yeah. Uh then the second one is uh the the Penanggalan. Penanggal? Uh, Penanggal. Penanggal. Yeah. That's the, that's the spirit with the entrails that, you know, that flies around. Um, so, spirit, these are very, I think it's because of um, the geolog- geological location, mm. how we're located, you know, uh, a lot of our numbers are from Malaysia and Indonesia. Oh, right. So, they, they, they dig like the whole mythology of uh, the Penanggal and uh, the Pontiana. So, that's why our numbers did really well. Um, I'm not saying that we will do it. <laughs> we keep doing it. I, I, we also need to find stories that that have those creatures as well. Mm. Um, that that's that's one of them. But I don't think there is necessary a a horror genre that one should focus on. In like you know, the, just to get the numbers. I feel like you should really find um what what is what is your niche. For us, mm. it doesn't matter. The creature doesn't matter. It's the people that matters. Having done horror for TV before, I found that what really was very popular, um, now that you mentioned creatures, is you either go for the very uh, famous creatures, like I said, Pontiana, the Manananangal, and so on. But the other thing that I thought was very, uh, I noticed was very popular was just everyday items. So for example, uh, if you look at, let's say in in Thailand, they have those water puppets. if it, it maybe a pair of shoes, maybe that uh, 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 pick up a pair of shoes from from a from a secondhand market, yep. or uh, things like this. And if you just create a story around this pair of shoes, or the water puppet suddenly taking its own form of life or something, mm. or just a just a uh, that really 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 scares Objects. people. Objects, it, because it, it, the whole idea that it could happen to anyone. I think the one of the most uh, more successful ones that I wrote, uh, and not not to blow more in trumpet here, but one of the more successful ones that I wrote was this one about a mirror, and how, of course, everybody knows that's the story of Bloody Mary. Oh. Uh, if you say the name three times on the mirror, and you know tr- trouble happens to you basically. Um, so we did a story about that, mm. and people were like, "Wow, everyone's house is a mirror." <laughs> now have you? <laughs> so suddenly, you know, it, it occurred to everyone that okay, uh, it became popular for that reason because people thought, okay. This could yeah. possibly happen to me by accident or otherwise, because yeah. you know it's in my house, and I think that that really that also is one of the elements of, of horror. 
because people tend to think that horror is haunted. Uh, there's a devil living in it, but sometimes it can just be completely, be you know, everyday natural objects. everyday objects, and you don't even realize it. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't. It doesn't. You don't find it on purpose. It just. It just happens to you. The whole idea of horror, like horrific things happening, is because of humans. Just imagine, like, uh, if nobody killed themselves, yeah. the building wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be, um, wouldn't be haunted. Uh, if this person didn't kill this person, then this person won't come back as an evil spirit to, you know, try to harm people. So it's a, it's kind of like a cautionary tale of, um, you know, what goes around comes around. They said the whole the whole genre seems a lot more like, uh, in a sense, a bit of revenge and. Uh, uh, you know, a retribution, and you know, at least for Southeast Asia, lah. Yeah. At least for Southeast Asia, I have not seen any like you know, like um, like there's always this backstory. There's always a backstory. I've not seen any Southeast Asian film that I know of that you know the the evil spirit is just out there to harm people. Like like, oh. there there is always a cause, or like the whole yeah, uh, Marvel Thanos kind of thing. Like, oh, this evil spirit is doing evil because, uh, he or she believes in the. Uh, the greater good of mankind. Yeah. No, so I think that's the the clear definition between um, Eastern and Western horror. There's always some some vengeance, ven- or, 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 in, or something along that lines. Or I you know I've I've been wronged, yeah. and I'm coming to uh, to get you know seek correct that wrong or something. Uh, which comes back to my point. Like we also try to explore things that are that are unique that may not happen on a regular Southeast Asian horror story. Ideas like, you imagine Pontianak, right? Uh, like fighting with Dracula. Yeah. Like, like, like things that are out there. You, you, don't, you, you don't see that. It's about t- like turning, t- taking the same treatment and turning on his head. Yeah, sense. different treatment. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So from one horror fan to another, what really is your coolest horror movie that you've ever, ever watched? Silence of the Lamb. No lah, joking. <laughs> um, it's a very, very tough question because um, I I also make horror films. So um, I wouldn't say that I have uh, one favorite. I have a lot of favorites. But on, you know, like from the top of my mind um, and Singapore represent, got to support our own local. Uh, it's, the mate is definitely on the list. Um, I'm not saying that the film is perfect, uh, but it embraces a lot of uh, what I believe to be a perfect horror film. Um, the elements is there. So coming back to how you how you build up this base of listeners, and how how did you then um, get how how did you then pivot from into podcasting? Uh, given your background in TV and and, and film, and mm. what what pushed you to pivot into podcasting or maybe sidestep if you don't call it a pivot because you're still doing your TV and your Yeah, film. I'm still doing that. That's that's my day job, lah, you know, making commercials and, and, and you know, uh, documentaries. I Initially, it was, uh, it was a sidestep. Like, uh, because I really, really enjoy podcasts. I'm uh, um, an avid podcast. Even till now, I still listen to podcasts, like all sorts of podcasts, not just horror, uh, on a daily basis. Because I believe that it's the fastest way to get information. Uh, with the least amount of effort. I don't need to read. <laughs> but there's the same with a lot of things on the internet, isn't it? I mean, mm, yeah. So how, how do you get to stand out in such a competitive and crowded space then? I I always wondered uh, how certain scenes in movies would sound like uh, without visuals. So just right. just imagine the, that, that epic dialogue in Fight Club, right? Imagine it just purely audio, like a podcast setting. Right. 
Uh, I always imagine that. So that there's a curiosity there. Uh, and also I, I think that with the, uh, it's, it's a bigger picture, you know, with the advent of YouTube, Facebook, you know, content creation is so uh, democratized. I believe that podcast is also part of it. So people are able to tell stories at a very, very low cost. Um, it doesn't, you don't need to, I'm not saying that you don't need to study storytelling to tell stories. I'm saying that if you wanted to, you could study storytelling on your own without going to school and consume a, a ton of media and be able to tell stories yourself because it's democratized. It's not like what we, you know, what we experience through, you yeah. know? Um, so that's that. Then I, I, I started dabbling into podcasting uh, for clients initially. Uh, I pitched to clients, hey, why don't we do a podcast, you know? Um, then they're like, okay, let's try. And then after after three to four years, I, I think that I, I've kind of managed to learn what I could learn. Then I, the chance came and I just, you know, launched my own podcast. Um, but to be a successful is what I said earlier. You have to find your niche and your community, man. You can't just, oh, I, I'm going to start a podcast and then I'm going to be successful. No, it does not work like that. Jumping on the wagon doesn't, jumping on the bandwagon doesn't make you successful. Knowing when and how and who to target when you jump on the bandwagon, that's what makes you successful. There's so much noise, right? Right now, every day, there's new podcast shows launch. How do you stand out, you know, through that noise? It's really to finding your, your niche. It's, it's, I make it sound simple, but it's really not simple. You need to do your research, man. Like, um, yeah. That's what I do when I consult for people also, or when I teach uh, podcasting is to really like look at trends, uh, how are other people doing it. Most of the people are doing this way, go the other way. Try thinking outside the box. Yeah, That is what is true value. It, and it applies not just for podcasting, for filmmaking as well. Yeah, It may seem like a lot of, um, okay. It may seem like there's a lot of ideas that are already done, even for those that you have, for those that you have been thinking about for years. But know this, there will always be something new. There will always be something new. And, you know, even in on YouTube, that this platform is already old, you know, as as we know of. But there's still people doing new things on it that you have never thought of. I I I I don't have clear examples. So for example, someone playing ping pong in a very funny way uh, against the wall, but they being able to do trick shots. That could be a piece of content. That could be a niche itself. So yeah, don't don't give up. Um, always think outside the box. Yeah. Okay. So Carl, when were you the most uncool? I think I was the most uncool when I first launched Ghost Maps. There was a lot of anxiety um, when we launched the first episode because we we, we really didn't know uh, it would be a you know it would be a hit or it would be a failure in 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 terms of our own projections. Of course, we do have some milestones that we want to hit. So I was the first two months I was super anxiety and I was like promoting left right center and it's never. Is I try not to promote my stuff too much. Um, it's never good when you're doing it massively. I felt that I was super uncool. Uh, at that point, people were finding probably finding me irritating, and I was posting it to different Facebook groups and sending it to friends through WhatsApp. Hey, listen to my new podcast. It's almost asking someone to hey listen to my mixtape. Uh, I have done. <laughs> I spent a lot of effort, and friends and family they don't want to hurt you. They just tell you, oh yeah, it's nice, but you never know whether if it hits. Uh, until the third month, uh, because the first month we were doing. 600 monthly listener, which is very low for a podcast, especially for ours, because we are hitting a niche target. Horror should be very, should be doing well. In the thousands. Yeah, in the thousands. Until the third month where we hit like, I think 5,000 or 10,000 monthly listeners, then we are like, okay, we're on the right track because it went up this way. Uh, we knew that 
there were people that is hungry for content out there and then we receive like you know fan mails and stuff then then we realize that okay we are no longer that uncool anymore so what would you say then to yourself when at that most uncool moment just believe in your idea uh even though if even though it will fail it might fail um at least you had fun doing it the whole point of uh making content as a creator right is is to have fun also it's not to create content just because you want to get the hits right it's to also have, have a great time while you're doing it and i'm um, even after like 30 35 episodes i think i'm still loving the process man like recording editing publishing it loving it so carl our listeners would want to know uh where can they find you and where can they find ghost maps uh, on socials i don't have an instagram uh nor do i have a facebook page uh, so uh unfortunately you can't follow me there but you can follow my podcast at we are hantu so this is our new t-shirt i'm just testing it out uh we are hantu is on instagram youtube facebook spotify uh, yeah, we are almost everywhere lah. so that's where you can find me uh and my partner wayne uh on our podcast yeah if you enjoy this podcast please subscribe to the uncool or rate us five stars on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts just search for Freelance Creative Exchange and you can find more episodes of The Uncool or others in our series. And then you click follow. Also, share with us and celebrate the uncool moments by going to any social media platforms and using the hashtag FCEUncool. We want to hear from you. And remember, it's cool to be uncool.